everyone's got something to prove, including us. What's said or what's written or what happened last year doesn't matter anymore. We're going to be calling out to our fans to really put the pressure on because our noise can carry some serious momentum. You play the Jets, you play their fans. Welcome to Winnipeg, Canada's hockey home. Shifley scores! Here's Buffalo, he shoots, he scores! Wheeler finds the seam. Patrick Lyonet finds the back of the net. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. You wake up on Friday morning asking yourself, what just happened? What happened last night? Uh, Winnipeg Jets have a 2-0 lead going into the third period. Uh, good chance to take a 3-2 series lead. First time they have the lead in the series, and mm. then the third period came along. You know, 3-2 the final. I'll let you, hold on a second. I know you're excited because you want to talk about Rule 63.6. No, no, no. I was going to say there's because a... Because you're a 63.6 expert now. There's an uh, expression around Manitoba in Winnipeg right. called Great Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really like a Winnipeg Manitoba expression. Okay, that wasn't Great Thursday. No, no it was not. It looked like it was going to be a Great Thursday. Sixty three point six. The rule, the National Hockey League rule book, may or may not have uh, come back to bite the Winnipeg Jets in the butt. But uh, a three two uh, three or two nothing lead disappears in the third period. Uh, Jets fall to St. Louis Blues three two in Game Five. At Bell MTS Place, they trail the best of seven series 3-2. I'm Jamie Thomas with Darren Millard. Uh, the goal that tied the game up, courtesy of Braden Shen, will be talked about for the next day or so before game six goes in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, a Maybe lot even of questions. longer. Win or lose this series, that goal will be talked about. Right. And I think we should tell everybody listening right now what Rule 63.6 is. Rule 63.6 deals with an awarded goal. Okay. Okay. In the event that the goalpost is displaced either deliberately or accidentally by a defending player prior to the puck crossing the goal line between the normal position of the goalpost, the referee may award a goal. Now, subsection. So you get that. Yep, got it. If the puck goes in where the post would normally be, the referee can award that goal. If right. it's if the goal because the is, argument is out there that a lot of people think it would have hit the post had the net not been dislodged, the, just because the posts are are up, mm-hmm. like a decade ago, yeah, that that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not sure the exact year, but it, more recently, so you know everybody looks goal net was off, no goal. That's not the case automatically anymore. So subsection of this is. In order to award a goal in this situation, the goalpost must have been displaced by the actions of a defending player. That is Dustin Bufflin knocking down Oscar Sundquist, who goes into the net, and the goalpost is displaced. I'm sort of going to offer explanations as I give this ruling. Yeah. The puck must have been shot, or the player must be in the act of shooting at the goal prior to the goalpost being displaced. That's Shen shooting. Or taking a shot yes. as the goalpost is being displaced. That occurred. That was the case. And it must be determined that the puck would have entered the net between the normal position of the goalposts. So where those moorings are, mm-hmm. would it have gone through whether the goalpost is, is whether the net's there or not, would yes. it have gone through there? Yes. It was close, mm-hmm. but yes. Yeah, I rewinded quite a bit here on my iPhone, which is, I don't want to be the tell-all, be-all of uh, the situation and uh, the well, decision-making. Let's be honest. You talked to somebody who thought that it would, may have not gone in where the normal position some, of the I've post heard were. Some people tell me that yeah. they think it would have hit the post. And that I'm doesn't sorry really fly to be the bearer in. of bad news, Yeah, but 
it went between the normal position. Okay, the we pulse. can argue this then. I don't really think Dustin Bufflin had anything to do with Oscar Sundquist falling over. He and leaned, on, going him. Into he the leaned net. on him hard. I thought he lost an edge. So, and I, I get Very, your point. But now you, but that the referee is going to call a penalty there. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not necessarily. And this is, this is, you're getting into some really deep minutia mm-hmm. here. And yeah. I'm sorry, uh, I, I'm sorry about this. As you, as you listen to it, you're disappointed in the result. And now I'm going to almost make your head hurt. But Dustin Bufflin knocks down Oscar Sundquist as he's cutting to the net. A penalty is being called. Uh, the referee is determining that Oscar Sundquist is knocked down by an illegal act by Dustin Bufflin. Okay. Thus, when, when Sundquist goes into the net, mm-hmm. it is because of the actions of Dustin Bufflin. You, you can argue, you can argue penalty, that, yeah. that he lost an edge. Yeah. But what, you, what you're really arguing, Jamie, yeah. is that that shouldn't have been a penalty. That's what I'm arguing at that point. That's yes. that's what you're arguing, not whether the net was knocked off or not. Fair enough. But, but in the grand scheme of things, there's collapses and there's blowing leads. And there is going through that experience because the other team just flat out blitzes you. A lot like what Colorado did to Calgary. Yes. In game four of their series, where you almost got the sense this it, it was in, inevitable that Colorado was going to break through. That wasn't even close to being the situation for the Winnipeg Jets and St. Louis Blues. It was a very in any even, of these games. Yeah, it was a very even third period. A puck luck went, and even the most unbiased person is going to say, or the most biased person is just going to be able to lock it down to that was puck luck. Mm-hmm. Some great puck luck for for the St. Louis Blues in the third period, and terrible turn of events for Kevin Hayes. In the second period. A weird, weird game. Because the game-winning goal is the puck just gets thrown out front of the net. Jaden Swartz's stick is there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he meant to knock it out of the air and into the net, in, for, in essence, for the game-winning goal of 15 seconds left. I think he did that. Yeah. I don't th- I'm not sure that, uh, that Tyler Bozak was making a pass there. I think he was just throwing was, it out There net. was too much sauce on the saucer <laughs> yeah. pass, if that's the case. So, But, yeah. I mean, good hand-eye coordination by Jaden Swartz. And Connor Hellebuck touched on the fact that there were some lucky bounces there. The, mm. the, the, Bounces don't go your way. That's just the way playoffs. That's just the way hockey. But if you works. get a couple of bounces, if the, the Hayes buries the breakaway, yeah, it's three nothing. If Hayes doesn't get in his own way, yeah, in 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 this in that bizarre sequence where the puck got through, uh, Jordan pads, it's going into the net, and it looks like Kevin Hayes is trying to make sure it goes in the net. Yeah. But what he does is knock the puck back puck off, off the line. So that there's a bunch of weird sequences Four throughout the night. Play, yeah, yeah, there and. When when Winnipeg had that four minute man advantage, and after it went away, you looked at me and said they just ha- they just can't seem to put teams away. Yep, that is your chance. That's where you put the foot on the throat of the St. Louis Blues. You're on home ice. You're up three nothing. I'm sorry, you're not blowing that lead. That's not going away because momentum no. goes with you. And I don't think it was a lack of urgency. No, maybe, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more, but but it wasn't. They were laissez faire. Mm-hmm. They had some good. Good pressure on that power play. They had maybe not great A chances, but I thought they controlled it. They they worked the puck around. Bufflin had a great shot that I think Shifley just missed. Shifley had a had a great opportunity at the side of the net. Wheeler uh, 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 over to Liney yep. uh, worked out well. I I thought both units actually had had a couple of really solid uh, opportunities to to set up and work their place. It just didn't 
didn't happen for them. Ryan O'Reilly showed why he is a Selkie Trophy nominee uh, for this uh, upcoming NHL awards because on that four-minute four advantage, you again, I'm sitting beside you, and you're like, Shifley's open. And Wheeler sent it to him both times, mm-hmm. and it was the stick of Ryan O'Reilly that made sure that Shifley didn't get that one-timer off from the slot, which we saw a lot of in the playoffs last year in the series against the Nashville Predators. That shot was there. Ryan yeah, the O'Reilly's spot, timing right? with a stick, yes. His stick was unbelievable on both those plays. Patrick Laine also had a chance to tie it up or not to, to take the lead uh, late in the third period. Had a great look. Uh, had a good game, five more shots on goal. Nikolai Ehlers had five shots on goal. He's up to 20 NHL playoff games, no goals. So yeah. that, that you, you mentioned, it's not just a monkey on his back. It's an entire zoo on the back of Nikolai Ehlers right now as uh, he tries to find that first. Yeah, he's carrying around the Cinnabon Park. Absolutely, and that is a big park. The uh, get into semantics here. You know, just to give the game a, a little bit of context, it was the St. Louis Blues' best game of the series, Game 5. Uh, they they played great in the first period. Uh, Tarasenko was flying. Uh, O'Reilly, uh, despite losing the opening faceoff, which led to the Adam Lowry goal uh, right away, I thought was strong. Uh, St. Louis should have felt really good about their their play in the first period but didn't but were down two nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a really strange strange period. And in the third period, Winnipeg was strong. Yeah. Winni- Winnipeg didn't cough this one up, yet they allowed three goals. So it it it, it, it is is it it wasn't total domination by either side. This wasn't your vintage collapse or blown lead. It was just fitting with the the entire series, Jamie, where I dare anybody to figure this thing out with the way things this this has gone two things have been consistent home team can't win right and second jordan benton continues to make huge saves in the third period when it matters in this building down two nothing early yeah and And then they made saves in the second period but again he was huge in the third period when the jets had their pushes here's one more for you jordan bennington's a rookie goaltender in the national hockey league Mm -hmm. breaks breaks in mid-january and you score six goals on him to uh, get on the board in game three. You, you, you swarm him in game four and beat him, had him back-to-back losses for the first time. Yeah. So you think, are, are we close to getting him? You score 15 seconds or whatever it is into the game, 14 seconds into the game, in game five. You really got him. You're up 2 nothing after one. Everything is going your way. Add to that. Crowd that, chanting, but, you look nervous. You look nervous. Add to that. For the third time in the series, the Winnipeg Jets and Connor Hellebuck don't allow a goal through the first 40 minutes. That's, and, off, that's been overlooked a lot. And, and, and you don't win. Two of the three games that they've, they've had, I call them SOPs, shutout periods. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you have two SOPs, you win a game. That, that's my little rule, uh, my inner rule. He's had that three times in this series. He's lost two of the games. Yeah, it's insane. But uh, it's a very different scenario going back to St. Louis now. Than when Connor Hallibuck went the last time. We'll get into that, but let's go inside the Jets dressing room. Of course, here from head coach Paul Maurice, their thoughts after a stunning 3 2 loss in game five. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. This is Jack Rossovic. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, I thought we did a lot of really good things in St. Louis, you know, just, just warm down, um, by the end of the games, you know, we just had complete control of it. Um, 
you know, we, 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 we weren't quite at that pace tonight, but overall it was a good game, you know, good game. I mean, two nothing at home, uh, going into the third. Um, like I said, you know, it's just playoffs are, uh, they're a funny thing, you know, you, you lose momentum and it can swing, uh, in a heartbeat. So, you know, it's obviously all about how we manage the next, uh, 24 to 48 hours. And, you know, like I said, uh, we're, we're a confident group. We can, we, we know we can win a game. No, because it's the most important thing to do is put it behind us. We got to come with our game and continue playing our game and just grind them, grind them. That's all we can do. I mean, I thought we uh, played a pretty good second half of the game. Uh, I actually thought our best period was the third, and they, they obviously scored two goals, but three goals. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we were down before, and and uh, um, I'm sure the guys will come back and uh, we'll regroup tomorrow, watch them film, and get ready for Game Six. That's any playoff, you know, any playoff series game to game. You just, whether you win or lose, you just turn the page and get ready for the next one. You don't, uh, you don't get too high or too low. It's, um, you know, it's the same across the league. You just, you know, steady one game at a time. And we'll go down there and do that. Well, I didn't really, actually, the first period was one I wasn't really crazy about in terms of what we gave up and what we got. And I liked their second. They scored the power play goal and they don't score to get another scoring chance until the second goal goes in. So, I liked when we played. I mean, they, they got the momentum at two. Uh, I think we got two good looks at that. We got one on line and one on Shife. Um, and then they bat one out of the air with 15 seconds left. So that's tough to take. Um, but we've got a pretty simple defined job now. And uh, we'll have to regroup. And it's hard to replicate this energy that I have when I give people 50 Jets reward points. Well, not, not me in particular. I don't even think 50 Jets reward points will soothe people's heartache. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, the word is forecheck. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Type it in, <laughs> jetsrewards.ca, forecheck. Yeah, I got Jeff. 50 Jets reward points, but the Jets are down three games to two in the series. What do I care? More chances to come. More chances to come. One thing, that, another thing that's just kind of shifted in this series is the special teams have moved yeah. over to the St. Louis Blues. They've taken over in that power aspect. play goal in game five. Yeah, power play goal in game four, game three. Power play goal in game game five put St. Louis in a position to have life mm-hmm. coming out, and that's the third time in this series where a team has had a power play overlap the intermission and come out. Very rarely that 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 you capitalize on that. It's fresh ice. You don't have any rhythm, et cetera. That's that's it's bizarre, which speaks again to this strange strange series. One thing that did happening in game five which was different from the four previous games, is the St. Louis Blues big line was on top of its game. Tarasenko was great out of the gate. Ryan O'Reilly, despite, again, the first shift from, from that point on, yeah. was was on top of his game, penalty killing, scored a goal. Uh, Craig Berube made an adjustment halfway through the game with his top line. Yeah. That seemed to work out and got and got the David other lines Braun going. On the top line, yeah, and then put uh, sorry, um, Braden Chen down the second line, put him in the middle at center, which is where he really wants to play anyway. And he was thrilled about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So going into Game Five, you know, there was questions with Craig Berube: How can we not make any changes to the lineup? How can we not make any changes to the lineup? Well, he did make a change, but it was within the game, and it kind of mm-hmm. s- shifted things. For well, the, where Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and Kyle Connor uh, took. Uh, the Jets and won the game in in Game Four. It was, it was the opposite. Remember we, on on the pregame show uh, at the morning skate, we talked about okay, if Berube's not going to make the big lineup changes that Paul Maurice made 
uh, prior to Game Three, where he shuffled his lines. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where does the change in momentum come from for the St. Louis Blues? And it goes to the athlete. The athlete has to raise their level of of effort and execution. The effort's been there, but the execution wasn't yeah. for the for for that top line, and they raised their level in a 2-2 series on the road in very difficult uh, environment because they were down 2 nothing. It's uh, I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you why it happened or how it happened, but that that period for the St. Louis Blues and how it ended with 15 seconds, you, know, you get a goal of 15 seconds that, that to, into the period, into yeah. the game, that sends the place crazy, and then a goal of 15 seconds to go, in the game silences the that place. just silences it, yeah. which is uh, is the connection here. But I don't know how you can adequately sit down and and explain what's happened in this first five games. You can't, and I don't think the coaching coaches can. But I know I know that Paul Maurice and both Craig Berube and Craig Berube can look at this and go, no one's dominated the series, and we no. can't look at this and go, we're not playing our game or something's. Well, not Berube going can't right even here. say we had the big push. We knew we were going to come. Yeah. We had the big push. That didn't happen. And Paul Maurice is going to look, and he'd love to to be able to to pin what happened on a certain element, but that wasn't there. It was weird. It's weird. Is that? A, is, that is can I? Can no, I, it is as weird. a professional. Can I just no. chalk it up to being weird? Because when you don't really have an answer for something, you throw the word weird, weird. in there, and it works yeah. for all of us. So I think uh, they're in the right place at that, at that time. So the Jets uh, trail this series three games to two. They head to game six in St. Louis. They will head uh, to St. Louis on Friday after a quick uh, skate, and then uh, it will be a 6 o'clock puck drop in St. Louis at Enterprise Center as the Jets try and stay alive in this series. He's Darren Millard. I'm Jamie Thomas. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.